The following podcast is a Next Level production. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and I am so happy to finally be back to doing this podcast. You know, a lot has happened over the past month or two that I've been on break. And first off, I want to apologize for having to put the podcast on break. It was totally unprepared. uh, Unexpected, rather. Uh, I was not expecting to have to do it, but my schedule became so suddenly busy and packed that I just kind of unfortunately had to put the podcast to the side. So hopefully all of you guys that have been stuck with me since the beginning of Wilhelm and since the beginning of The Spotlight who are now with me on Wilhelm, I hope you guys stick around. I hope you're still listening uh, because again, I'm so sorry that I took that break, but I'm so excited to finally be back for it. More importantly because of the things that are coming with the podcast now. Uh, those month That month or two that I was on break, uh, I was incredibly busy, but there were so many things that happened that are so important to this podcast. And that's one of the reasons why this episode of the podcast is kind of a welcome back to form. I don't have a guest host this time around, uh, but I do have something special for you, which if you've seen the cover image for the podcast, you already know what it is, and I'm incredibly excited to bring it to you. Uh, but first and foremost, the reason why I had to take that break was because um, back in August of last year, I got hired. I got headhunted headhunted to actually become the programming director for a convention. Anybody who knows me knows I love going to conventions, and now that we're post-pandemic, or coming out of the pandemic, rather, we're not through it yet, but you know, now that we're, we're coming out of it and things are starting to return to normal, I was excited to be take on this position of the programming director for Pandemic Tour, uh, which happened down in Atlanta in March. And there was so much preparation, there was so much that went into it that that week or two before the event, it just became so busy and my schedule became so hectic that I kind of had to, to put a focus on that. Uh, but I was great going down to Atlanta to be part of that event, seeing everything I helped to become to that I was a part of creating coming to coming to fruition, seeing how happy it, it made people, how excited people were to be a part of it, seeing a lot of friends come down to Atlanta and all come out to Atlanta to be together was also just as amazing. So uh, to all my friends that came out to Atlanta to be to experience the event, it means the world to me uh, and to all my friends who helped out at the event as well being a moderator, being on stage. It was so much fun. It was such a cool experience, and it was so nice to finally get back to it. Um, But the cool thing was with Fandemic, working with Fandemic, every single guest that we had, you know, from Bruce Campbell to Jeffrey Dean Morgan to Ross Marquand, uh, Michael Rooker, all these great guests, I interacted with every single one of them. And I even got contact information for a number of them. Uh, more importantly, you know, more specifically, 
uh, Kerry Always, who you're going to hear my panel with him shortly after this conversation, which I'm not going to take up too much of your time talking about this. But, uh, you know, I got contact information and I'm already in talks with Kerry Payton and, and um, uh, you know, and, and Cooper Andrews and a number of other people from the show who are going to be coming on to Wilhelm in the future to to have more conversations. Like we had Chad Coleman right before we went on break, you know, and now we'll have Kari and we'll have Cooper and, you know, uh, Carrie Owens hopefully will, will return to the podcast as well. But right as I was ready to come back after Fandemic, uh, I got involved with another convention with Fan Expo in which they brought me in to moderate. And let me tell you, I made some even better contact, even even more awesome contacts uh, from that event in the form of uh, Kate Flannery from The Office and Roger Clark from Red Dead Redemption, Brian O'Halloran from Clerks. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a five-year mission, but I finally got to have a conversation with the one and only Kevin Smith about coming on the podcast, and he has agreed to do it. So at some point in the near future, uh, Kevin Smith will be on the podcast. I cannot wait for that to happen. I got to uh, go to him and him and Jason Muse have a show at these uh, at these cons, and I got asked if I wanted to kind of take charge of that show and introduce the two of them on stage. So I kind of had a surreal moment in finally getting to meet Kevin backstage before the show, uh, going out on stage, introducing the two of them, you know, to a, an amazing audience uh, for this private event. And then after the show, getting a huge hug from Kevin, thanking me for the intro that I provided for him and Jason, and also, you know, talking about the podcast and him absolutely agreeing to do the podcast and being a part of it. So I'm incredibly excited. Kevin's going to be coming on the show uh, in the near future. And of course, in addition to those guys, we have uh, some other guests that are going to be coming on as well in the form of uh, Adam Savage from Mythbusters, William Sattler, who you would know from like Tales from the Crypt and the Shawshank Redemption, my all-time favorite movie, is going to be coming on. And I have a ton of other guests out there that I've reached out to to bring onto the show. But in addition to the guests, I don't want to make it guest-heavy. You know, we've done these top five formats since the beginning of Wilhelm, and we're going to continue doing that as well. You know, the next episode you hear after this is right around Mother's Day, so we're going to be talking about top five favorite uh, television moms, which I'm incredibly excited about. Uh, we're going to talk about George Clooney films. We're going to talk about Robin Williams. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, Marvel and DC and all that amazing stuff. All those topics that we had before are coming right back. We're going to continue to do them every two weeks. And, uh, of course, I'm going to start throwing in some movie reviews and some film discussions as well. We've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming up, so you can expect a review about that. So, as I mentioned before I went on the break, every two weeks you will get a new top five formatted episode. But... In between those episodes every two weeks, you'll get some celebrity conversations, you'll get some movie reviews, you'll get some film discussions, so much content coming now that the podcast is back, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Last but certainly not least, uh, there is a little bit of a schedule change. Rather than every Friday morning the podcast posting, we're going to move that to Mondays. Um, that gives me an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, a lot of my guest hosts and things like that kind of work during the week, so schedule 
scheduling is kind of difficult. So moving the podcast on Mondays allows me to record over the weekend with some people who are unavailable during the week. And now also gives you a podcast to listen to uh, during the week while you're at work or you're at the park or whatever you're doing. Uh, you have the week to listen to it. And you can kind of keep your weekends free for all the other great podcasts that you listen to. So that being said, uh, I'm going to wrap up this conversation. Thank you guys for sticking it out. And again, I apologize for the break that came. Uh, but I want to leave you with something that came out of Fandemic. Uh, while we were at Fandemic in Atlanta, I, I was originally scheduled to moderate a, a number of panels. I was originally scheduled to moderate uh, you know, for Stephen Amell. I was originally scheduled to moderate for the Boondock Saints and, and a couple of other people and Carrie Elwes. Um, but I kind of had to keep handing those panels off because I was so busy making sure everything was running. Uh, and I was a little bummed that I wasn't going to get to moderate because of my busy schedule. But luckily, I had a lot of friends who were there who encouraged me. They were like, no, no, you have to do something. You haven't moderated in about three years. You've got to do something. And I'm a huge fan of Carrie Elwes, who you know from The Princess Bride and such. So they all encouraged me. You need to keep Carrie moderate that panel. You're good at it. You need to do it. So I listened to them and man, am I so glad I did because Carrie was one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. He's such an amazing storyteller and you're going to hear that now because I have the audio from that panel. So if you were not in Atlanta and you didn't experience that panel, uh, you'll be able to listen to it now. Uh, I apologize ahead of time when we went to audience questions. Unfortunately, the, the, the microphone in the audience did not record their audio. Uh, all we got is mine and Carrie's audio. But luckily, Carrie is such a showman that most of the time he repeats the questions. So you will get to know what the question that was asked is. But you might hear some gaps of silence in there. And that's because somebody from the audience was asking a question. So I apologize for that. Uh, but that said, thank you guys so much for sticking it out. Thank you for... Uh, continuing to support this podcast and uh, you know there's so much great stuff coming that I hope you stick it out but more importantly for this episode uh, I want you guys to sit back and relax you got about a 40 minute conversation with myself and Carrie Elwes from The Princess Bride and so many other amazing projects one of the nicest men in Hollywood and one of the most amazing storytellers in Hollywood this is my panel with Carrie Elwes from Fandemic in Atlanta March 2022 I hope you guys enjoy and until next time we'll see you on the next Wilhelm Please welcome to the stage my guest, actor, and best-selling author, Carrie Ellis. Hey. Hi. How you guys doing? Thank you, Ben. No problem. Thank you for doing this. My Thank pleasure. you for being here for the fans. Right. My pleasure. Good to see you guys. You doing okay? Yeah, awesome. Atlanta. How's the weekend been? It's fabulous. Yeah? Yeah, this has really been a great weekend. That's really, always great to, to meet, hear. Always a joy to meet the fans and share with them uh, their, their dreams and mine. And yeah. Yeah, it's and nice. it's been interesting times too. You know, we're coming out of yeah. everybody being at home and yeah. so playing it safe and just trying to reacclimate back into right? things. Yeah. So, you know, I have the book. I've read okay. the book. Thank you. We all know about The Princess Bride. <laughs> I want to jump right into it, if that's okay, all right with sure. you. So from what I understand, you had a actually pretty decent or big mishap on the set. 
Oh, there were oh, many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what can you tell us about some of them? Oh, my gosh. I, I was very accident-prone on this film. Uh, the first big one being that um, I was shooting a scene uh, uh, with Robin Wright, who plays Buttercup in the film, and uh, I'm playing the scene where we roll down the hill together, and I reveal that my mask comes off, and she realizes I'm Wesley. And, and we were shooting that scene, and Andre, God bless, Andre the Giant, uh, who couldn't get around the set very easily, they had to give him a, because uh, he couldn't fit in any van or car or anything like that, they gave him a, f uh, 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 what do you call it, a four-wheeler. Uh, what do you call those things? Uh, like an, uh, like a, a golf cart or ATV? No, no or? ATV. Okay. Yeah, and if you Google on your phone, I don't know if you have reception here, just Google Andre the Giant and ATV, <laughs> and you'll see a picture of a very happy giant sitting on what looks like a tricycle. <laughs> and he loved this thing I mean he didn't just need it to get to the set he was just driving around ruining takes all day long you'd just see like several people chasing after this guy in the background and we'd have to stop shooting while Andre finished playing on this thing but he thought it was so much fun he came up to me between setups and he goes you want to try my toy like that I said well Andre I have to shoot another setup here and he didn't wait for me to he just took off with this thing, right? He came back about 10 minutes later, and we were setting up for another shot, and he goes, he does this, he goes, you know you want to. <laughs> so like a twit that I am, I've never been on an all-terrain vehicle. We don't, they, 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 I think we bought him the only one. The guy who owned it wouldn't rent it to him because he realized after Andre got on it that we'd have to buy it. Um, I'd never been on one before, and... Uh, so his bodyguard, he had a bodyguard. I know, it's crazy. The guy was like 5'2". And um, <laughs> I said, what are you guarding him from? The flu? What? You know, and he, he, he goes, oh, it's very easy, Governor. It's just like a motorbike, you know, clutch pedal, you know, brakes, on-off switch, you know, lights, you won't need them. Easy. Well, that was my mistake, because Andre got off this thing, and it went up another six feet. I got on it. I took my mask off because I thought that was a, a good idea, get better peripheral vision, you know? And I, I, I put it into first gear and I lurched forward and I didn't get further than a couple of feet and I went over a rock and I caught my left big toe between the clutch pedal and the rock and it bent the toe and broke it clean, backwards, just a clean snap. I heard it snap, it was a great sound. It's really amazing how how that sounds when you break a limb. And my whole body starts sweating, you know, and I'm freaking out. And we're a week into shooting, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get fired because I, I haven't shot any sword fighting yet. And how am I going to be this action hero and the greatest sword fighter in the world? I, I, can, I can barely walk. So I'm freaking out naturally, right? So I get in the van to go up to the set, and, oh, the set nurse comes over, God bless her, and she goes, what happened, what happened? I go, it's, it's nothing. I acted like I was the Black Knight from Monty Python, the Holy Grail. I'm like, oh, it's nothing, it's just the flesh wounds, nothing, it's nothing. She goes, let's have a look at it, let's have a look at it. I go, no, 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 you don't have to. She goes, no, we should. She takes off the boot, and there's my toe, and it's flopping in the wind. It's sort of, and she goes, ooh, which is not what you want to hear from a nurse. No, not at all. She goes, ooh, look at that doesn't look right. 
I said, no, really? She goes, yeah, yeah. I go, can you, can you help me? She goes, oh, I'm, a, I'm a set nurse. All I've got is for a headache, tummy ache. She goes in her bag, you know. She goes, I don't know how to fix a broken toe. Got to go to the hospital for that. Thought, if I go to the hospital, I'm never coming back, you know. And uh, God bless her. I said, can you do anything? So she said, yeah, I guess. And she got one of those tongue depressors, and she broke it in half, and she used masking tape to, she goes, well, probably a good idea to put it in the right direction. <laughs> Didn't hurt at all. Anyway, now the foot is swollen, so the boot won't fit on. Now they have to cut the boot to make it fit over the swollen foot. And now I'm going up to the set to shoot the scene, and I'm thinking, this is, this is it. This is the day I get fired. It's so terrible. I've only been here a few days. It's awful. I get to the set, and I think to myself, you know what? I'm not going to get fired. I'll just brazen it out like it's no big deal. Like, this is clearly where my brain was at at the time, you know? And I walk up to Rob Reiner, the director, and he goes, hey, Gary, how you doing? You sound like Joey from, from Friends. From like, how you doing? I said, I'm fine, Rob. How are you? He goes, I'm good, but how you doing? Like that. And I realized at that point he knew, you know? And I said, Rob, I'm so sorry. I, I feel like such a twit. I was fooling around on Andre's all-terrain vehicle, and I, I went over a rock, and I, I, I think I may have broken my toe. He goes, you think I don't know about it? It's been on the walkie-talkie for the last half hour. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I was so afraid you were going to fire me. And he said something so sweet that touched my heart. He goes, fire you? How am I going to fire you? There's no one else can play Wesley but you. And it was a very sweet thing to say. He said, can you, can you walk? I said, yeah, you know. He goes, can you run? I said, it'll be an interpretive dance. <laughs> he said, tell you what, we'll move the fight to the end of the movie and you'll be fine. So they moved the fight scene to the very end of the shoot to give my, my foot time to heal. And uh, you, you can see some of my interpretive dance. I, uh, the scene where I'm running into the fire swamp with Buttercup and I say, your big fiance is too late. You can see me hopping there. It's really <laughs> an attempt to not put any pressure on my broken toe at all. So, yeah, so it actually forced me to be focused more on my handiwork when I was f fencing because I couldn't use my foot. Mm -hmm. So that's how I became better at being left-handed, actually. I don't recommend that for <laughs> when you're training, but it, did for, it worked for me, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's... Um the, the, there's a lot of the stories in the book too, yeah. and you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, Andre riding on Andre's ATV. Yeah. Tell me a little about a little bit about what it was your first day working with Andre. Oh, Andre was just a wonderful guy. He was really a gentle giant, you know. Uh, he'd give you the shirt off his back, be enough for ten people, but he'd, <laughs> gi he'd give it to you. You know, that's just who he was. And I remember our first day shooting was the um, storming of the castle, mm -hmm. where. Wesley is mostly dead. I'm, been, I'm passed out from the Miracle Max pill, yeah? And they're up on the parapet. And we built this fake wall to look like the castle, Florin Castle. And it was made out of plaster and wood, and they painted it to look like a medieval castle. And um, Rob Reiner loved to shoot the rehearsals. He would always say, eh, let's just shoot the rehearsal, see what we get, you know? So I get up there, and I came up with this whole thing with Rob. I said, it'd be great if... Andre not 
get to see his hand on my head because he used to keep Robin Wright warm in the cold by putting his hand over her head. And it was like a baseball mitt, you know? It's so huge, you know? I said, wouldn't it be great if he nodded for me? And Rob said, yeah, that's great. Let's have him do that. So we go to shoot the rehearsal. And uh, you guys probably know the lines better than I do, but I, uh, I think uh, uh, Fezzik says, uh, I wonder how long before it takes effect about the miracle pill. And, um, and uh, Montoya says, your guess is as good as mine. And then I come to and I say, I beat you both together. I'll fight you both apart, something like that. And Fezzik is supposed to say, I guess not very long about the pill, right? Well, he didn't get to the word long and he let out the most monumental fart and no, really, like, like I mean, we've, I'm sure people in this room, you've accused each other of giant farts. This was a giant's fart. And I cannot begin to tell you about the decibel level of it. It was extraordinary. Somebody timed it. It was like 16 seconds, which is a long time. 16 seconds. And it modulated. It went up, it went down. And the whole plaster set was shaking, I swear to God. It was like an earthquake. I looked over at the sound guy. He lifted his headphones off his head because it was so loud. And people were putting their hands over there. And there was, it was a monumental event. And, it, and I looked over at Andre, God bless him. And his eyes were shut. And he was, he was like moving back and forth. And he had this big smile on his face like he was letting go of something he'd been holding on to for too long. And, and this, this sound just this reverberating and just endless. I mean, just powerful, yeah? And uh, after 16 seconds, it was finally done, you know? And uh, you couldn't hear anything, no birds, nothing. <laughs> nothing, it's just silence. And of course, in Britain, you know, here, if, you, if some farts are like, dude, take it outside. In England, they don't know how to deal with it. Like, well, a storm coming in or something? <laughs> you know, they just don't know how to deal. They don't know how to deal with gas at all. But in this, hello, are we, are we back? Because it, because it was, you know, this, uh, <laughs> this extraordinary event that was taking place uh, from Andre, there was stunned silence, just stunned silence. And Andre was sitting there and he finally, his eyes open, and Rob Reiner said, hey Andre, you okay? <laughs> like that, that's what he said. And Andre, without missing a beat, said, I am now, boss. <laughs> Called everybody boss. It's hilarious, because we all had to look up and talk to him like that, you know. But yeah, that first day. First day with Andre. Yeah. <laughs> That's an amazing yeah. first day with yeah. anybody. You can't, you can't make it up. No. So, you know, Fezzik is one of the characters played by Andre that yeah. we absolutely love. And another character that I know is a personal favorite of mine is Vizzini the Sicilian, uh, and from what I understand a little bit, f tell me a little bit about the fact, was, was Wallace Shawn particularly nervous to play that yes. part? Yes, he was very nervous, and nobody knows why, because, I mean, I don't know if you know Wally, I mean, you know him from the film, sure, but I don't know if you know his body of work. He's a very intelligent guy. He, um, he speaks ancient Greek, and he's, uh, he studied American literature and British literature and you know he pours he, do, he does the whole circuit of colleges and gives lectures on literature and he's a very bright guy he's a playwright an author so 
you know, when, you, when he says lines like, you know, uh, Socrates being a moron, you buy it because he's a really intelligent guy. And um, I only had one scene with him, you know, where battle, battle of wits together. And uh, he was sweating that day. And I thought, this is really, it was, you know, in England, the temperature never gets above 50, ever. And I thought, why is this guy, you know, always the smartest guy in the room, why, why is he sweating? And um, I didn't find out till later that he thought he was going to be fired. His agent had told him that he was standing in for Danny DeVito. I know, it's a terrible thing for an agent to tell their client. But for some reason, he, he bought that. He really believed that he was just standing in for Danny DeVito. And he told Chris Guest this at dinner. He's like, I haven't even unpacked my bag because Danny's going to be here any day. And, you know, Chris was like, what are you talking about? You know, he went up to Rob Ryan. He goes, why did you cast me in this role? I'm not even a Sicilian. I'm a Jew from New York. Why did you cast me as Vincini? He goes, because you're funny. When you're angry, your face turns red. It's funny. And to this day, I don't think you know, Wally really realizes how funny and brilliant he is in that role. And, uh, but don't be surprised, if you walk up to him, he, you know, he said to me, he goes, Carrie, you have it easy. You know, your, your famous phrase from the movie is, as you, which, which means I love you. He said, but I, all I get all day long is inconceivable. <laughs> he said, if, if I rush to get a cab and somebody beats me to it, or if I'm in, in the airport and the gate closes, or if I drop my keys. He said, somebody's always there to say that word to me. <laughs> and he said, you know what's amazing, Carrie? I go, no, what? He goes, always think I'm hearing it for the first time. So don't be surprised if you come across Wally and you say that line and he doesn't react at all, because he hears it a lot more thing yeah <laughs> he's heard it enough times yeah so you know you mentioned wallace sean we talked about andre the giant you've mentioned uh you know robin wright so many amazing cast members yeah. and actors yeah. that are in this yeah. tell me a little bit about what it was like working with billy crystal as miracle max because he was another oh yeah sure. a, another legendary actor or still is not uh, was. still still legendary yes. yeah no we love billy billy was great him and carol kane who play uh, Max and Valerie, they came in for three days, really, to shoot that scene. Yeah, and um, they were, had a lot of hair and makeup to turn into, like, these ancient uh, people. And uh, I was so excited because I, I, I knew their work and I was really excited to work with them. And so I, um, I went to the dressing room to, to meet Billy while he was being made up. And... I came in and I introduced myself and he was very cordial and said hi and he was getting his face, all this, this ancient hair and big eyebrows and varicose veins and all this prosthetics put on his face. And he had two photographs on the mirror. One was of a lady and one was of a guy. And I said, so Billy, what are the pictures? He goes, that's my aunt and that's Mickey Mantle. And I'm gonna, the Miracle Max is gonna be a blend of the two. I said, wow, that's great. And as he was getting his makeup put on, he started getting into character, you know? And he started hacking like this, <coughs> and started talking like Miracle Max. And before you, when they put the final 
piece of makeup on him, he was already Miracle Max. And he turns to me and goes, you want to get something to eat? Huh? I go, absolutely, let's go. And I, because I was already ready and made up and in a costume, I said, let's go. So I took him to the commissary, which is the restaurant they have on the studio lot. And it's much like a high school cafeteria. You know, you get a tray and you walk down, pick what you want to eat. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching Billy in character as Miracle Max ordering his food. And he says to the lady behind the counter, he goes, eh, Miss, Miss, the shepherd's pie, is it spicy? Like that, and she goes, well, not particularly, sir. And he goes, you don't know my colon. So he was doing this kind of shtick, stand-up with everybody on the way to the set, you know? And we get to the set, and of course, Rob, same again, says, shoot the rehearsal. And I had a very easy... I might want to take your microphone, yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's do that. Why yeah. don't you take mine? <laughs> hey, is that better? Can you hear me? Okay. So I only had to lay, lay down on a slab and play dead, right? I was mostly dead. And uh, Rob came up to me and he goes, listen, you can't breathe in this scene because we can see your chest moving, so you got to hold your breath. And I said, for how long? He said, don't worry, we won't kill you, won't kill you. <laughs> and he walks over to Billy, and I overheard him whisper in his ear, just go for it. And I'm thinking, What's this going to be? You know, the guy's already in character. What's he going to do? So Rob yells action, and Billy launches into literally two hours of medieval Yiddish stand-up. Nothing, nothing to do with the script. And all of it crazy and funny, and some of it very blue. There are kids here, so I can't repeat it, but some of it had to do with Vikings and sheep and that kind of thing. And um, none of it usable. And we're crying, laughing, because it's so funny. And uh, Rob had, the, the sound people came up, because Rob has a very robust laugh. They said to Rob, well, you have to leave the set. He goes, what do you mean? I'm directing the movie. So they moved his whole monitor out into the hallway so that he could laugh. And then they replaced me with my rubber dummy, the one that Fezzik's carrying around. So I'm not even in the scene. But Mandy said that the only injury Mandy got during the making of the film was bruising his rib from holding in a laugh by listening to Billy in that scene. So next time you watch it, you can figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. Billy Crystal, amazing. Amazing yeah. actor yeah. and still, you know, still doing yeah. well. If it's all right with you, I'd like to open it up to sure. the audience. Absolutely. So if anybody has any questions for Kerry, there is a microphone over to the side if you have anything. Um, while we're waiting for people to go up to the microphone and line up, uh, you mentioned Mandy Patinkin, and one of my favorite parts yes. of the book is your training regiment that yes. you went through with yes. Mandy yes. in the fencing scene. Can you elaborate a little bit more Sure, on we that? had great trainers. They passed on now, sadly, but... Um, we had Bob Anderson and Peter Diamond, and they were the guys, Rob picked them because they designed all the, they did all the lightsaber scenes in the first three Star Wars movies. In fact, um, Bob Anderson, who was an Olympic fencer for Canada, he stood in for Darth Vader, and Peter Diamond stood in for, for Mark Hamill as Skywalker. So all of those scenes you see of them doing the fight scenes, that's all the trainers that Mandy and I had. And they were terrific. I mean, they worked as, I mean, they worked as hard because they, we were literally, they were off camera with swords in their hands. And literally when they yelled cut, they would grab 
one of us or both of us, and we would train literally between scenes or between setups. So we never stopped training. And then we train in the morning, and then we train after rap. So we were literally, by the time we shot the movie, we were really, we were pretty well rehearsed. Uh, yeah, we had to learn. They made us learn each other's parts too. So I had to learn all of Mandy's, and he had to learn all of mine. And he, they told us that that way there's going to be less chance of an accident because you know what the other person's doing. So it was a, it was a lot of hard work. Yeah. Did a, did any of that carry over into Robin Hood Men in Tights? Because you did have a little bit of uh, little yeah, bit that of sword was a work. difficult. That was harder because those were big medieval swords. They were heavy. So they were very, that worked your arm and shoulders mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. 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 So, all right, let's go to the audience and see if they have any questions. I don't questions. think we have any questions, do we? Do we have any yeah, questions? Yeah, there's a whole, there's a, oh, okay. quite a few hey, people hey, over there. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first up, what's your name and what's your question? Hi, Jonathan. Okay. The next. Jigsaw? I, I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? Yes? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, Billy. Thanks for asking, Jonathan. Billy was a lovely guy. We had a lot of fun. Billy and I knew each other before we did Twister, so we were friends. And, uh, you know, we shot that in Oklahoma. And uh, Ponca City and Oklahoma City. And uh, when I arrived with my wife, he greeted us at the airport and drove us into town. And he said, we're going to go get you some cowpoke stuff. You need to have cowpoke stuff if you're in Oklahoma. And he drove us to the nearest store where we, he made us, he bought us cowboy boots and cowboy hats. He said, got to have a big buckle. You got to have a big buckle. And he, well, you know, he, had, he decked us out. And so my wife and I came out of the store. We looked like real cowboys. It was hilarious. He was a very generous soul, lovely guy. And we miss him to this day. And uh, yeah, thank you for that question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your name and your question. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Hi. Sure, speak up, will you? Sure. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder, and uh, off the record, we're, we're talking about maybe doing something together. So, yeah, he's a, yeah, yeah. So, I know, I love his work. He's a terrific director, yeah. It's a great, great show, Watchmen, yeah. Thank you. What's your name and your question? Hi. Oh, thank you, Christian. Jigsaw's philosophy. 
I don't really focus on that too much, Christian. The guy was a sociopathic <laughs> murderer, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to dissect the idea that people should pay the price for their sins, I, I don't really believe in retribution. I kind of believe that you have to live your life according to uh, a, a, a being a good person. That's it. You know, I try to live my life trying to treat people the way I want to be. That's what I taught my daughter when she was little. I, I would say a sentence and she would finish it and I would say, always do, and she would say the right thing. And I'd say, treat others, and she'd go, the way you want to be treated. And I'd say, it's nice, and she'd say, to be nice. And I would send her off to school each day with that little mantra. And I'm hoping, you know, if you pass on some things to my kid that maybe I wish my parents had told me, you know. That's pretty much the way I operate. Yeah, not really jigsaw. Yeah. But thank you for that. Appreciate it. What's your name and your question? Hi, Stephen. Peter. Sorry, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. Those guys were hilarious, James and Dulay. Every day was laughter. I don't, I don't think we got through a single take without ruining one. Um, because they were, they'd been on the show so long that they were able to improv and riff on every take. So you never really knew where the dialogue was going. And, you know, I, I, had, I, had, I had to catch up on the show when I got cast, so I had a lot of tapes sent to me. It was back when it was VHS. I didn't get through them all. I didn't know that Dulay had this little girly laugh that he, oh, cry that he has, that he does. And when he did it, I lost it. I thought he was kidding. And he was like, no, 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 that's my character. That's what I do. So I ruined that take. Um, no, it was just silliness. There were a lot of outtakes. I don't know where they all are. I hope they put them up on the screen one day for people to see. Because we, we had an awful lot of silliness on that set. Yeah, great fun. Thank you. Thank you. Your name and your question. Hey, I'm Jason. Hi, Jason. The whole mostly dead routine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Well, no, I, I came up with all of that. That wasn't written. It just said he's mostly dead. So I said, I worked on it with Rob. I said, Rob, we should come up with some physical comedy for this. So the whole thing of Andre putting me inside that suit of armor, all of that we came up with on the day. Because I just thought it'd be funny if he's carrying me around like a rag doll, you know. And, and Andre, God bless him, he had a terrible back, Andre. He'd been, he was in terrible pain. If you, if you get a chance to watch the HBO documentary we did on him, you, you'll understand. The guy had terrible back problems, not only from carrying all that weight around, but from people jumping up and down on him in the ring, you know? 
So he could only carry people around or even wrestle with me for only a limited amount of time. Um, and so he was very sweet about it, but he was in terrible agony the whole time. But he never complained once. He never missed a day. He never missed a line. He, he didn't understand that he couldn't read the script because he, he didn't read English. He was French. Um, <clears throat> so Rob Reiner gave him all his dialogue on a cassette and he would listen to it on a Walkman, you know, which the headphones for him looked like ear pods, you know. And he was wandering around mimicking all the lines that Rob gave him on this cassette. So that's how he worked. And so we worked out all that stuff together with Rob, obviously. And uh, that's how it went. That's how it came out. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Laughed every day on that set. Every single day. Yeah. Never a day without laughter. Hi, what's your name? Hi, Chad. Thank you. Try to be. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I switch it on and off. I, I, I have a rule in my house that I, you know, my wife says, you, you leave the character at work, you don't bring him home, because I don't want to live with Jigsaw. <laughs> I get that, you know. So I, I kind of just, that's my job, and when I come home, I'm, I'm husband and dad, and yeah, I try to just separate the two. Um, no, I, I mean, it's, it's not easy. Sometimes you're doing a movie and it's really intense and it's hard not to shut it down. But what I try to do is find ways to come home and relax and take my mind off. And then I find being with my family really helps in that regard, yeah. Because if you have a kid, kids make you present, boy. They really do. And there's no filter with that. You've got to just be. And so, so one, I feel very blessed to have a child. That, that, that brought me out of all of that. Because I think my wife for a while there had to put up with a bunch of people coming home, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, you know, I don't live in regret, Mark, because it's a... Well, it's... You believe me. <laughs> there were moments where I have... And there were roles I passed on, like a twit, without knowing. Uh, but I don't look backwards. I feel like it would give me a crook neck if I spent time, you know. But there were a couple, sure. I wish that perhaps, on, upon reflection, should have probably taken a little more time to think that one through. But, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, either I wasn't prepared for that role at the time, um, and it was either meant to be or not, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Hi there. Hi. What's your name? Allison, you're very cute. How old are you? Nine? You're adorable. What's your question? 
My favorite person to work with, Alison, was being everybody on that set. Every single person, including the giant. Yes, every day we laughed. Laughed! Isn't that silly to get paid to laugh? That's how much fun we were having. And I think it shows in the film. We were really having a good time, you know? Um, yeah, every single person, Alison. Thank you for your question. What a princess. Hey, Alex. I'm good, how are you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I, as you say, I've been very fortunate. I got to work with many directors, and uh, none of them are the same. I find the ones that that know how to keep a very relaxed set, how to keep everybody, you know, on a very just chill, because I think that people who are tense. That people feel that you if you if somebody on the set comes on the set and they're tense and their shoulders are up and they're angry or having a bad day or whatever, everybody feels that you just feel that tension. Tension is the it's the killer of creativity because everybody feels for that. that suddenly you've, you're not focused on your you're focused on that person. They're like, oh my gosh, why are they having such a rotten day and. Are they going to share that rotten day with me? And how do I help them and myself through that process? You know, so it's just extra energy that you don't need. So the good directors that I've worked with, very even keeled and very relaxed, and 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 that to me is conducive to creativity because then when you're relaxed, you know, that's when you can have fun and play. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're we're adults playing. So to play, you have to be relaxed. You, nobody plays when they're tense, unless they're crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Aww. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. We did, we had a lot of fun. Thank you for mentioning, thank you, appreciate it. Right, I know we have, we're, we're running a little short on time, we, we got are. about five or six minutes, but there's only a couple questions left, so let's try and get through, we'll get through the rest it. of them. Hi there. What, good, what's your name? Hi Eva, what's your question? Aha, uh -huh. yes, yes. Sure. Well, I, I was very concerned about the battleground states during the election, and I decided I wanted to try and help out in any way I could. And it turns out I had a friend who was friends with the, uh, with the then director of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. And I, she put me on a Zoom call with him, Ben Wickler. And we started brainstorming about what we could do to raise money for the Wisdoms. And he suggested just a cast getting together and chatting. And I said to him, I think we can raise more money if we did a table read of the script. 
And he said, do you think we can do that? I said, I'm pretty sure I can. I'll make some calls. So I called up everybody on the show, all the cast, Rob Reiner, producer, everybody. And they all said yes right away. So that's how that came together. And we were the, I think we raised $5 million, was the biggest uh, uh, nonprofit uh, uh, raise for, for, for a political event that had ever took place. So we're very happy about that. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, Chris. Thank you. Oh, you're very kind to say that. That's very sweet of you. That, that's very kind of you, and, and you're humbling me with that comment. Thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> oh, you guys. Um, you know, uh, we live in the grateful in our home, and every day... We, we give thanks for, and gratitude for, for all of the blessings in our life. And I always say that every part that I get, every job that I get, even being here with you lovely people is a blessing. So I never take any of it for granted. And if I happen to touch somebody in, along the way and make someone happy or feel something with my work, then that's just a bonus because I'm already blessed at having been given that opportunity. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. That's very kind of you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Caitlin. Okay. I, I only kept one, actually, because you know, my wife also said no more stuff. <laughs> and, and she's the boss. And um, I only brought one home, which was the sword from Princess Bride. I figured that was... Yeah, so I've got that. I get there were two. I gave one to Rob, the director, and I kept one for me. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank thank you guys so much yeah, for your thank questions. You. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much for thank being you, here this weekend and being a part of this. Appreciate it. And thank giving you, me sir. the pleasure of being on stage oh, with thank you. Thank you. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, one more huge round of applause. Thank you for Carrie Owens. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, you guys.